0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please?
2: You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Big Cruise podcast and first up apologies for the little delay in between our uh, episodes things got a little busy uh, with our work schedule and travel commitments and um All of a sudden, things have come to a bit of a standstill, which has given me a little bit more time to to dedicate to the show, and I promise you, moving forward, we will uh, be back a lot more regularly, hopefully weekly, uh, from from this podcast onwards. In today's show, we're going to shortly be speaking to Chris Frame, who will bring us up to date on all things cruise news, and a little later, we'll be speaking to Julie, who will review her recent cruise on board the Majestic Princess. Okay, and it's time for my favourite part of the show where we uh, join up with Chris Frame uh, to find out some of the latest cruise news. And uh, we'll start off with one of your maritime facts, Chris.
0: Oh, thanks, Barry. Yeah, so um, this week in 1912, one of the most uh, famous ships that's ever existed set sail on its maiden voyage. And of course, I'm talking about the Titanic. Um, It departed from Southampton on the 10th of April. And after making a call at Cherbourg in France and then onwards to Cove or back then it was called Queenstown in, um, in Ireland the ship um, made its way across the Atlantic and of course we know that on the 14th um, of April it hit an iceberg and on the 15th in the early mornings the ship sank but when she departed from Southampton she was um, the second in the Olympic class of, of ships and uh, it was expected that with her introduction White Star Line would really start to, to dominate on the North Atlantic so you know quite a um, Quite a big moment in history with the ship making its uh, its first and only commercial voyage. Absolutely. In more positive news, mm. I hear <laughs> it's that hard uh, to come by at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: some of the cruise ship entertainers from various ships and various fleets are offering free entertainment online.
0: Yeah, so a lot of the cruise um, ship entertainers, but, and particularly the cruise directors and, and social um, host teams on board the ships, they, they have quite um, active social media profiles. Um, you can find, uh, for many years, uh, posts from many of them from different cruise lines, from Carnival, from Royal Caribbean, Cunard, Holland America. They, there's various sort of personalities on board the ships, and they kind of carry that through online. Uh, and with uh, the world's fleet of cruise ships being effectively um, sort of laid up at the moment with, with no real passengers on board, except for a few ships that are still trying to, to make their way home, they, the cruise directors have taken to sharing sort of cruise posts online and creating kind of a virtual cruise community. Um, uh, Matt Mitchum from Carnival is, is a very uh, sort of very popular
1: He's very active uh,
0: cruise director. He's got a yeah quite a good social media profile. Um, on Facebook as well as uh, on the other social media platforms. Uh, but there's a couple of ex-cruise directors as well who who are worth um, following. Uh, on, if you're on Twitter, there's a a, a man called Anthony Greener um, who used to be a cruise director with Cunard for many years. He worked on QE2, Queen Mary 2, Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth. Um, and he's now off doing um, uh, television and documentary work. And But he does sort of almost daily tweets of this day in history, so anyone who's interested in oh, wow in that historical, yeah, that historical aspect, um, uh, he, he's got a really good really good feed, which is worth looking at. Um, and also there's a couple of others. Um, Royal Caribbean's got a, a cruise director called Mitch, who you can find. He's got a, a page. But he's at the moment um, not just focusing on, on Royal Caribbean but also like what's going on in the cruise industry as a whole. And I think one of the interesting things that's happening at the moment is that all the rival companies, they're kind of all coming together to create sort of a um, – a, Sort of united voice about nice. uh, about cruising, which is which is you know a positive thing to come out of uh, out of all of this.
1: Yeah, and in a similar vein, um, I believe in the Bahamas, um, there's a flotilla of ships from all different cruise lines that uh, reconnect every evening.
0: Yeah, so the Bahamas is, I mean, obviously that's a really busy area for for cruising anyway. So quite a few of the ships that have been that are empty now, just with their crew on board, are um, sort of anchored or, or laid up um, quite close to to Freeport. So there's a cluster. Um, including Carnival Pride, the Island Princess, the Emerald Princess, Crown Princess and Caribbean Princess that are all together. And then the Holland America fleet is sort of um, uh, anchored together as well. And at about 7.30 every evening, um, the ships, they all sound their whistles to each other in sort of a um, statement of solidarity. And um, having been lucky enough to sound uh, the whistle on board the Queen Mary 2, uh, oh, it is a, a it's funny, you're pressing a button, but it's such a tremendous feeling because you can hear there's noise that the ship's making. So, in order to try and sort of boost the morale for the crew, they're inviting um, a different crew member up onto the onto the bridge each evening to sound the whistle, and this sort of eh, it would echo across the uh, the landscape there with um, all the other ships that are that are doing the same thing. So, and there's more ships coming and going as well. They have to they have to keep moving um at regular intervals to allow their machinery to stay in operation because they haven't been sort of properly decommissioned yeah. um and so you've got uh scarlet lady which is nearby um empress of the seas um independence of the seas from various different cruise lines and they're kind of moving around that area so you'll have different groups of ships there at different yeah. times
1: out of interest where did you sail on the horn
0: oh ah, well it was uh sailing across the the, the great australian Bight, actually so <laughs> oh, wow. it was nice uh Nice to get the opportunity to do that. It was the, for the noon announcement, so um, and that was Queen you know, Mary Two. I always had a, um, a goal a, a, to sound, sound the QE 2s horn because, as far as I'm concerned, that was the the best sounding whistle ever. But um, Queen Mary Two is a very, very, very close second. <laughs> yeah, very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving from Cunard to celebrity, uh, celebrity eight. Uh, sorry, celebrity two delivery of uh, celebrity apex, but in a different fashion.
0: Yeah, so obviously with the travel restrictions, because a celebrity um, apex is being um, being built at La Chantier de l'Antique, which is in France in Saint Nazaire, and uh, celebrity being US based, um, they couldn't justify obviously traveling into into Europe because of the travel bans that are around. So they obviously have a team on board the ship who who were with it when it's being constructed, but the company itself did a sort of a virtual. E acceptance of the ship um, and Celebrity Apex is uh, a sister ship to the Celebrity Edge which some of you listeners might be aware of it's um, quite a different looking ship it's got a very different shaped hull and a, a big orange sort of restaurant structure that sits on the side of the ship that can move up and down during the evening um, and so this is the second in that class um, very big ship now obviously it's not going to go into service the way that they would have expected. And a few other ships are the same. Um, Iona, for example, for P&O Cruises UK, uh, she was uh, taken out of the, uh, the fitting out area um, in Germany where she's being built and is now kind of um, semi-laid up until this, this issue passes. But um, taking delivery of the ship means it's now, you know, in practical terms, a, a celebrity cruiser ship uh, and they can prepare her for when, when this uh, crisis passes.
1: Which it will, when we don't know, but it will one day. Of
0: course, it will. Absolutely. As I was um, saying uh, online, you know, the the passenger ship industry has been around for hundreds of years. Um, cruising, as, as we kind of know it today, sort of started in the nineteen seventies, and there's not, nothing quite like the current crisis that that they faced. But their passenger ship predecessors had to go through things like um spanish influenza um cholera epidemics there's been world war one and world war two and the industry adapts every time um yeah. and uh and and survives. so i think it will probably look a little bit different after this but i i don't see cruising going away
1: no absolutely no there's a, a very very strong connection there mm. um Captain K2 is one of my favourite captains. Follow her on the socials. Um, She just did an amazing job on board. Obviously, her ship is currently uh, paused for operation. Mm -hmm. But did you hear what she did for the crew? Uh,
0: Something like an Oprah-style announcement when they moved all the crew to the passenger suites on board the ship. Am I correct?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right she yeah. got she got all the crew and officers into the theater and basically said that everybody was getting a balcony stateroom um and then she surprised two of them even further by giving them the the edge villa which they were oh wow blown away by that's the two-story absolutely stunning penthouse for want of a better word
0: oh goodness yes well <laughs> i mean that's the interesting thing because like obviously with the sh- these ships they're they're mostly devoid of passengers but the crew um like many of them, the full crew who were with it when the voyages were cancelled are still with the ship. Um, other yeah. ones that have gone back to their home ports might be operating on um, more of a more of a skeleton crew. But in order to, um, because the crew quite often share accommodation, so there might be two people to to a room. Um, and although the vast majority of cruise ships have no indications of any um, any illness on board. Um, to to allow for this um, sort of social distancing to to occur to some respect on board the ships they've um, been moving crew into their own into their own cabins and that means that they've got this opportunity to sail around or, or sit at anchor in in passenger accommodation with balconies and and all these things that they don't usually get access to so I think you know it's a hard time for the crew on board but at least that's one little improvement in their um, in their day to day lives
1: yeah I heard, I heard of um, Azamara also doing like Uh, cooking classes and different things for the crew just to keep the the motivation and the spirits as Mm. high as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, Queen Mary too as well, she's currently sailing back. The majority of the passengers were disembarked in Fremantle in mid-March, but there's 200 and I think 216 or 220 passengers who couldn't fly, who stayed with the ship all the way back to um, Southampton. So they've all been upgraded into, um, (laughs) you know, the the highest cabins on board the ship and the crew are in Princess Grill and uh, britannia state rooms with with lovely lovely balconies and they're kind of still doing the entertainment and stuff for those 200 people who are on board but i think the crew are uh, mingling around the ship a lot more and actually funnily enough um on that topic of social media profiles to, to follow um one of the officers on board queen mary too um kennard blanche you can find him on um, instagram he's um he's got a a great following um and uh, doing really interesting posts from what it's like on. On the ship, which usually carries over um, two thousand guests, with only two hundred people on board, so you see these these empty decks. But every now and then, you might see some crew sort of just enjoying themselves out in the amenities, which is nice to see as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, a little closer to shore here, a uh, Seabourn, which currently has no guests either, mm. currently performed a manoeuvre off the coast of Western Australia.
0: Yeah, so the the Encore has been um, out off the coast of um, WA for a few weeks now, and. Um, with the ships they have to go they have to go outside of um, territorial waters in order to exchange water that's used on board the ship. So there's um, obviously the discharge of um, of cleaned and filtered gray water which you know for all intents and purposes is a- as clean as the treatment plants on land, but just under under regulations they have to leave the coast. So in order to do that they, they set sail and that's why you see them moving around so much if you're looking on um, marine tracker. but on this particular occasion, um, the encore, she, she set sail, went out and did this sort of manoeuvre that allowed her voyage tracker to make the shape of a love heart. Um, <laughs> and it was sort of Seaborne sending a little love to to all the people who are missing being on cruises, which I thought um, was quite a nice touch. Yeah, very nice indeed. And the tricky manoeuvre to pull we're... because if you look at it, it's the perfect love heart and I have to do a point. So they would have had to get the ship to the middle of the heart and then using all yeah. the thrusters, turn it around without... Dragging on into the into the image, so quite a lot of skill would have been required for that.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was as you say a perfect uh, perfect mm. symmetry. It
0: was remar- remarkable, um, really.
1: Before we wrap up, I think we should just acknowledge our, our friends and colleagues over in the South Pacific. Um, currently, uh, Hurricane Harold is causing havoc.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, on top of everything else that's going on, we 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 people might forget there's a lot of other. Things that's happening in the world because all the the headlines are so dominated. But yes, of course, Hurricane Harold um, is is causing a great deal of um, devastation. And um, from a cruising perspective, you know, in previous years, um, Australian cruise line, particularly P and O um, in Australia, but also others, have been instrumental in in providing support after these hurricane incidents. Um, and actually, if you um, have a look at some of the historical um, social media. Postings from from p and o you can see sort of the impact that they 've had in previous incidences, and in this case, of course, with the ships being unable to easily travel it 's going to be harder for them to provide um, that sort of assistance when when it comes to offering medical assistance and um, uh, and also uh, um, taking provisions to to the uh, to the areas once the once the uh, the worst of the the hurricane passes
1: yeah i I saw a post i think it was from p o saying that I think it was either four or five years ago. Pretty much to the day, they were over in the South Pacific delivering uh, medical supplies and humanitarian yeah. aid. And obviously, as you say, they they're not going to be able to do that this time.
0: No, no. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think when 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 we look as a as a society at the impact of cruising, um, we often talk about sort of the, the economic impact and how it's um, it's helping. Uh, with you know the tourism industry, which of course is, is very true and it's a significant part of the, the Australian and the global economy, but it's also these other things where um, there's disasters and also like uh, when there are uh, you know, hurricanes or, um, or other issues that are going on in, in the Americas as well. Uh, the cruise lines that are based out of those ports also provide um, support and take uh, supplies and personnel and all that sort of stuff um, to to the areas that are that are affected. So it has a very wide um, ranging impact, and um, you know, cruising, the ships have this remarkable capacity to transport um, large numbers of people, and um, and and also take on um, many heavy um, items that might not be easily flown, particularly if airports or, or runways are, are damaged during hurricane events. So, um, it is a, a very wide um, reach that the the industry has, uh, and it's very sad to see it being unable to offer the usual support given to the restrictions that are in place around the world. Yeah, yeah, sad times.
1: Chris, thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate your time. Until next week, uh, we'll call it a day.
0: Thanks so much. Take care.
1: Okay, joining us on the big cruise podcast today is Julie, who recently traveled on board the Majestic Princess out of Sydney. Julie, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So, uh, I guess the first question is what made you choose this cruise? And- uh,
2: I've cruised uh, Princess Cruises before and I've uh, never had a problem. Love their cruises. Uh, and we didn't want to go out of the country, we wanted to stay in um, Australia. So, and this fit in perfect with my dates.
1: And had you cruised on Majestic before or just other princesses?
2: Other princesses, never Majestic. Okay. First time.
1: Now, you live in Western Australia. The cruise departed Sydney. Did you have any pre or post?
2: Yes, we stayed three nights in Sydney, which was amazing, which made it perfect for easy access uh, taxiing to the port on the morning of the cruise.
1: Excellent. And Majestic is big enough to not go under the bridge. So I'm guessing she was from Circular Quay, the overseas passenger terminal. Yes. And roughly how long did it take to get from curbside to the gangway? Uh,
2: Amazingly quick for us, uh, probably 15, 20 minutes in total. Oh, brilliant. It's fantastic.
1: And as you walk off the gangway and you walk into the ship, did it look and feel like every other princess ship or was there any wow moments?
2: Certainly a warm moment when we saw the uh, atrium uh, where the reservations are and when you look down from boarding the ship, um, everything was wow, it was just amazing, very flash.
1: Excellent. Now, did you go straight to find your cabin or did you have a bit of lunch on board?
2: No, I went and had some lunch and a little wander around, had a look at the pool area and uh, coffee.
1: Excellent. Uh, before we get into the cabins, I always like to ask about lifeboat drill because it varies so differently from every cruise ship, every cruise line, sorry. Um, did you have to go to your cabin to get your life jacket, to so then go to a muster station, to so then go to the, the lifeboat, or was it a simpler process?
2: No, it was a much simpler process. We just was allocated a lounge, we went to the lounge, and it was all done there. We didn't actually have to uh, have our life jacket with us. And it was the most amazing life. Um, lifeboat drill I've ever been to and they played some um 1950s music um it was, and everybody on the ship was amazed how this music was part of the drill
1: <laughs> oh wow brilliant um and cabin type what cabin did you book or what cabin type did you book and what were you allocated
2: we were uh, booked a guaranteed balcony and uh, closer to the time, we were given our allocation and it was um, an upgraded version of a balcony on Kariba deck.
1: Oh, nice. And size-wise, there was plenty of storage, lots of plugs.
2: Fantastic, lots of storage. Um, big wardrobe, yeah, I couldn't fault it.
1: And was there USB ports available? To yes, charge your was. phone? Yes. Excellent. And did you try any room service at all?
2: We did. We had breakfast a couple of times, um, which is always amazing on Princess because it's no charge and you can have it on your own balcony and brought to you, and that was always um,
1: fantastic. Brilliant. Keeping with the dining theme, um, did you dine in the main restaurant at all?
2: We did. We dined in the main restaurant uh, and couldn't fault it. Um, The the service was um, best I've ever known. And uh, the food was amazing and they would keep bringing more if he was not full or satisfied.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. And the the buffet, did you use the buffet at all?
2: Yeah, we used the buffet quite a lot because um, we was able to take um, some wine on board. So we was able to take that down to the uh, buffet and uh, we was given glasses. Uh, and sometimes they had um, wine on special offer in the buffet, so you could sit there and uh, perfect views from that position
1: yeah great great vantage point point. and did you try any of the speciality restaurants
2: um we didn't go to any of the speciality paying ones we did the pizza area
1: which oh, was yeah.
2: fantastic uh, but that, there is no charge for the pizza area on board
1: yep yeah, good pizzas as well and um how strict were they with sanitizing hands washing hands at all
2: yeah, very strict. Um, obviously, most of it came to common sense, but people were uh, very um, knowledgeable about it all. And they have provided wash basins with um, sinks, two sinks with uh, soap and water towels as you enter, as well as all the um, hand sanitizers everywhere.
1: Yeah, the hand washing stations are becoming popular on the newer ships now. Makes a big yes, difference.
2: perfect. And everybody was very. Um, Well organised to be patient while the job was done.
1: And with um, your itinerary, we'll get to the ports in just a little bit, but let's talk about the public lounges, the flow of people, particularly on sea days where, you know, there's everybody on board. Um, How are the lounges? How are the public spaces?
2: I found it amazing how um, roomy this ship was. Uh, There was never a crowd unless you went to an actual party that was going on or a gathering for some other reason. Um, You could always find somewhere to sit and there was always lots of um, beds around the pool uh, or beds away from the pool in your own little private areas.
1: Nice. And Princess doesn't include beverages, but did you buy the beverage package at all or just buy drinks as you needed and wanted them?
2: No, we didn't buy a beverage package, only for the coffee. We had coffee cards, but uh, we just bought as we went along.
1: Do you remember roughly what a glass of white wine would be or a beer?
2: Yeah, probably 6 $7.
1: Okay. And here in Australia, it's always in Australian dollars on board as well, isn't it?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Now, Princess is not known for its water parks, etc., um, but it's got plenty of pools, and I believe it's got an adults-only retreat area. Did you use that at all?
2: We did. We used it several times. It was amazing, Um it was um, clean, private pool, indoors, um, lots of different stations where you could play instruments or games. And it was all done in a uh, Japanese theme, which was um, really clean and um, am- amazing views from the back of the ship.
1: Yeah, I think the ship was originally planned to be homeported in Asia, and then they decided at a later date to bring it to Australia. So it has got a few Asian influences in some places. Um, how about the entertainment on board? Did you take part in any of the shows, the activities, the quizzes?
2: Oh, well, we was there for um, lots of things that were going on. Uh, cocktail mixing, and we did go to the show a couple of times. But we met very good friends on board, so we were sitting in our uh, favourite bars, um, having sing songs and just chats and lots of laughs.
1: Excellent. Uh, we'll move on to the ports now where you went. Now, I know you touched on most of the east coast of Australia. Um, your cruise was a round trip to Sydney. Uh, if we just go to each of the ports in the itinerary in order, and just tell us whether you did a shore excursion, did your own thing, what were the highlights of what you did in each of those. So let's start with Brisbane.
2: Okay, Brisbane. Uh, we have visited Brisbane before, and as we just got on board the ship, we opted to not get off at Brisbane because we wanted to discover the ship a bit more. So uh, we had the beauty of um, having the spas. Um, anything we wanted to do, we could do it with not many people. And we weren't actually yep. ready to get off and start buzzing around as we'd been buzzing around in Sydney. And we just loved the um, relaxation of the ship for the first few days till we got to know a bit better.
1: Yeah, nothing better than a ship in port when everybody else is off and you get everything yep, to yourself. Yeah, perfect. Uh, your next port of call was Yorkies Knob, which is uh, close to Cairns. Yeah,
2: that was uh, interesting. i uh, never really been there before. Um, little market as we go off, which was interesting. But we walked actually from the port through the village a little bit for coffee and then talked to some locals um, and jumped on a bus and went through to Cairns, did our own thing. Uh, as we were meeting friends in Cairns that had gone onto the uh, shuttle bus, but we wanted to just see a little bit more than just this straight bus ride. So I went into Cairns that way and enjoyed some of the heaps of bars and shops available there and then taxied home.
1: How far away is Yorkie's Knob from Cairns City Centre?
2: It's about 30 minutes.
1: And then from Yorkie's Knob, you went down to Port Douglas?
2: We did. Uh, Beautiful Port Douglas, very hot, very humid, but very beautiful with all its flowers and uh, greenery. Um, After a good walk around and had a nice cold milkshake in one of the little places, the American Bar, uh, we popped back to the port and there's the um, the local uh, yacht club, sorry, and uh, everybody congregates there. Uh, get all your cheap um, cocktails, but we sat there and had uh, oysters, prawns, met friends, and just watched the world go by sitting over the water.
1: Nice. And from Port Douglas on to Airy Beach.
2: Yeah, Early Beach um, was another interesting place, never been to it before, but really um, lots of uh, travelers there. And lots of pubs, lots of good deals for jugs of beer or cocktails and lots of amazing meal deals, um, shops as well. Um, And we did get a little dip in the local um, pool at the edge of the beach. It's an amazing area and it's just right on the beach side. So that was great to cool off.
1: Nice. And then your almost last port of call, Willis Island.
2: Willis Island, yeah, that was a bit different. Not sure what it was all about at first, but apparently it's a international uh, weather station. And it was, um, the captain came on and was explaining what goes on. And uh, they actually raised a balloon in our honour whilst we were there. So uh, those that um, researched into it really enjoyed it, but it was an interesting spot in the middle of nowhere. Lots of bird life on there. And apparently few people live there oh. year round.
1: So did you get off or was it just a sail
0: by?
2: No, it was a sail by, but we actually almost stopped in the water. So it took a good half an hour or so. We was hanging around there.
1: Oh, OK. Never heard of it. And then you cruise back into Sydney and uh, there's no better port to cruise back into, through the heads and into beautiful Quay. No. Which was the highlight of the places that you visited?
2: Places we visited, probably Cairns. Uh, we've been there many years ago, 10 years ago, prior, and the way it's changed is amazing. But it's uh, such a vibrant place, and anything you want, you can find in Cairns. Okay.
1: Um, back on board the ship, was there anything that really stood out, any particular lounge, any venue that made you go, wow, and you know this was a standout thing that was specific to Majestic?
2: um we enjoyed the atrium uh there was a bar upstairs uh on the top floor looking down the atrium so we could always watch everything that was going on and um, one of our favorite stops when we come from uh, being off the ship we would come to the coffee shop and uh, the little bakery oh yeah and we was uh, a real lover of the bakery and their meat pies which you could get all day long and One evening, we got it after midnight. We had pies, (laughs) the best.
1: (laughs) Great. Now, a lot of people say uh, a cruise director really doesn't matter to a cruise, but I think if you get a really good one, it can really make a difference. Did you see much of the cruise director? Did it really make a a big difference to your cruise holiday?
2: Yeah, it was very um, informative. It was good to know what was going on. And he did mingle with the crowd much more than I've known on other cruises. So that was interesting. And yeah, Great personality and, um, yeah, kept the party going at every level.
1: Excellent. So Princess generally has a, uh, certainly in Australia, attracts a slightly older clientele, but it sounds like there was a, a real mixture of ages and there was quite a quite a lively atmosphere on board.
2: Yeah, it was. It was very mixed. they very family-oriented, but for the older families, um, talking teenagers rather than small children, mm-hmm. There were some, but not as many. So therefore, I think middle, I think probably 50, 60 was uh, my uh, um, middle age group that were on there. Uh, and it was really good to mingle with uh, young and old.
1: Excellent. And if there was one thing that you could say to the cruise line executives, if they were listening to this, um, good, bad or indifferent, is there anything you'd like to say about your experience on Majestic?
2: Uh, I would say that my holiday was perfect. I couldn't doubt anything. Uh, I enjoyed everything about uh, the cruise and the cabin crew. Everybody did a fantastic job. Uh, The only one thing to improve the late night disco, if you're after a dance later on, it's, it's a little bit of a makeshift thing at the moment and maybe a better arrangement for that in the future. But apart from that. You can't really
1: fault it. Was the disco in a bar area just off the atrium, kind of behind the casino?
2: It was, and it was like cordoned off. It was um, a lounge during the day.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. And then
2: it became a disco at night, so it was a bit of improvising. And I
1: think they either have just changed it or they're about to change it, Um, because when the ship first came out, that area was actually part of the casino, and they reduced the size of the casino when it came down from Asia. And I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to change that area again to be more of a lounge entertainment area I see yeah. cool yeah. um thanks for your time today I um, really enjoyed it and I'm sure our listeners will uh, appreciate it um we look forward to speaking to you next time you go on another cruise
2: uh, yeah and I certainly will be doing that so thank you very much
1: thanks Julie If you'd like any further information on Majestic Princess or any of the ships that we feature on the show, you will always find the links within the show notes and also on our website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. On the same website, you can also get in touch. Whether you have a cruise tip, a cruise question, or you want to leave a review, we'd love to hear from you. And finally, the show is not possible without the help of our sponsors. Once again, you'll find them on our website. And uh, particularly if you are looking for a cruise, Do look no further than our good friends at cruisefinder.com.au.
2: That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage.